0: I'm like, why are we talking about this? Like, just because it looks good doesn't mean it has any value. You know what I'm saying? It's not to be disrespectful, but it's kind of like people. There's a lot of people who look good. You
1: know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, <snap. laughs> you know, I'm you just, can't put. You can't put not to be disrespectful for
2: <laughs> I mean, I mean, human beings like are worthless. You no, I'm, here I'm, What
0: I'm saying is, I mean that's true. But what I'm saying is that <laughs> some people look.
1: Hello and welcome to the SAB podcast. That stands for Super Agile Brothers Podcast. In case this is your first time joining us today, we are your favorite podcast about all things nerd culture. I'm your brother, Kyle, and today I'm joined by the other Super Agile Brothers, Steve and Bradston. Tell everybody what's up, you guys.
2: Uh, how are you doing today, Steve? Well, actually, I'm doing quite well. Thank you. I, was, I, uh, I had COVID like last week and so i'm still recovering from it and i made my voice nerdier who would have guessed
1: oh i thought this deeper version was your and that was your normal voice no
2: that's how i always sound right no yeah. you sounded more uh
0: i guess masculine I don't <laughs> no know, no surely not <laughs> less, less you sounded less nerdy in whatever fake less. voice you're doing Yeah,
2: my uh my wife says she loves my voice oh,
3: well she, she has to she
0: kind of has to I mean, What else is she going to say? The truth? <laughs> <laughs> not if she don't want to. Yeah, I was gonna. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so anyway. <laughs> <How's going on? laughs> How are you doing today, Bradston? I'm Welcome doing great, man. Podcast. I'm doing great. I am, have not. For, luckily, I have not had COVID-19 yet. So I'm hoping to keep up that streak. That two-year streak. At all? Nope, not once.
2: Yeah, this wow. was my first time. I thought I had a good thing going. Wait, ha- have you had it, Kyle?
1: Yeah, I actually got COVID in February of 2020. Really? Oh, so, so like before, instantly. <laughs> yeah. So before people knew that it was
2: going around, I had it. And bro, he read about it online and he picked it up from the website. <laughs> yeah. Don't click those links. Huh. Yeah. But wash your yeah, hands it, after you, you browse the web.
1: It brought me down too, man. We had no idea. I thought it was like the flu, but it, you know, I didn't go to the hospital or anything, so I didn't get checked. But wow, it was rough.
0: And and so you have the antibodies in you?
1: I guess so. Cause I mean, that was the first time I had it. And then I got it again. uh, The Delta variant.
2: He has some antibodies somewhere. Mm. Somewhere. They weren't
0: about their antibody. Anyway. So, wow. I didn't know that. I I, was getting bodied. I never heard. I never heard you. uh, Never mentioned it. Wow.
1: Oh yeah. I really don't mention when I get sick. I even worked uh, both times. I had COVID like, Nobody knew I was sick.
0: Wait, did you come to the... You, were you coming into the office in February when you were sick? Or were you like laid out? like?
1: Don't die. No, it was like over the weekend. So I did come... I, I probably came back to the office sooner than I should have just because I didn't know what it was. But mm-hmm. no, I didn't go in when I was sick. The the day I, I felt the worst, I think it was like it was a Friday afternoon.
2: Interesting. I probably was going to get lunch with you that Friday, and you didn't come, and I was like, man, I wish Kyle was here today. Today sucks.
1: I could have shared with you.
2: Yeah, I might, yeah. I might have
0: been out of town for work, because in February, I was traveling, so there's a chance that I lucked out. Oh.
1: So we were all supposed to get it together. We were supposed to be a, a brotherly COVID contact. Yeah. Was
2: I even in town still? Hadn't I moved by then? I might have moved No, no, already.
0: you were still, I didn't, I mean, February 2020?
2: Let's see, February, oh no, COVID started before I left. Yeah, I yeah, was still in Yeah, because
0: I got married, then you left. You sure did. Then you left, so that was June of 2020, yeah. so.
1: Yeah, it was a while ago. Mm-hmm.
3: It's
0: crazy, it's crazy, time flies when you're getting COVID. Uh, oops, <laughs> oops.
2: Uh, not <laughs> while you have it
0: though.
2: Mm. That's true. Yeah. I felt pretty miserable for about a day and a half. Yeah. It lingers.
0: I, I definitely yeah. don't want to make light of it, you know. I take it very seriously. So for any person who's been impacted, affected, had it, uh, you know that my heart goes out to you. No matter how easy it was for you, you know, plenty of people have mm-hmm. suffered heavily, long COVID, oh, yeah. people have passed. Um, you know, so it's uh still tough. Still tough.
2: Yeah. Thankfully, the worst part for me, aside from that day and a half, is just having to be quarantined for what is it, seven, ten days or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, I live in this office now, and it gets really hot, and I can't open the door to they ventilate. And so my fans are going to be running because I'm hot in here. Uh, I can't, I can't touch my wife. I just have to look at her from afar. Oh. Can't even breathe yeah. on her. Can't even breathe on her. Yeah, tough. Just
1: look at her longingly through windows.
2: Yeah, that's what I've been doing. Just both. I'll get. I'll get her to turn around, mm. and then I'll just like you know stare at her and stare at her back and be like, yeah. Mm. Oh, or you both, <laughs> or like <you laughs> and, know- <laughs> turns, <I'm, laughs> and then I start laughing, and she's like, "Why are you laughing?" And I'm like, "I didn't need those pretzels, but thank you for getting <laughs> for getting them out of the drawer." Nice. <laughs> Or, or
0: you do like in a movie where you both put your back on the same door and then sing a duet. Oh, if only oh. I knew. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. so it's tough. It's like, I don't know the lyrics. If only I didn't, I don't know the lyrics, babe. <laughs> well, cool. Um,
1: so that's what we're talking about today. Oh, uh,
0: COVID, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no.
1: So we're going to segue, the cleanest segue, into our topic for today. Thanks everyone who's still listening, even though we're we're on our our tangent. But today we want to talk about the very simple question, pretty niche, you know, not not too many people care about it, but this uh, the idea of of graphics and fidelity when it comes to pretty much anything we deal with. Um, So the initial question is, and I pose to you guys, answer whichever one you want to answer first. How do graphics affect your perspective of a project? So, like a game, a TV show, a movie, uh, anything you're going to deal with, the graphics determine how likely you are to engage.
2: Yes. Okay. But not necessarily. <laughs> maybe not for the reasons or in the ways. Maybe it doesn't affect me in the ways you would expect. Ooh. But yes. Okay. I do see graphics, and I do make judgments about games based on graphics. Okay,
0: what what do you mean?
2: I will hold my ideas until later. Do you want to answer first? Yeah, or I can continue. I'm
0: going to elaborate on mine. So, so <laughs> oh, you're going to elaborate. <laughs> so, then I should elaborate. Well, it's too late. Yes. You lost your chance. So, okay. um, snooze, the, you lose. The answer yeah. to me <laughs> is not really, and not not very often does it really matter to me i think it's always a bonus i do like when a game feels good like from a visual aspect and i like the little pieces the the juice per se as game developers would say that Mm. the visual can offer but i think i've shared this before because i never had like a nice pc and i always had whatever i was given from a game perspective and you know like whatever i think i'm just happy if the game is fun you know that's my... I'll give my low-level answer to that. How about that? There you
3: go. Okay.
1: Yeah, I think I agree in a lot of ways, uh, both with Steve's concise yes, as well as Bryson, um Yeah, I think fun matters a whole lot more. Like, overall presentation, I think graphics are only a percentage of that, you know. And, and so there's plenty of games that I've played, replayed, considered playing, didn't that I just I just thought didn't look good visually and sometimes it's a choice which I appreciate that in, in a way somebody's visual style comes through a game like everything's consistent but I don't like the way it looks I mean sometimes that's fine and so but yeah graphics I think do still play a part you know, something looks too too egregiously bad or something looks very telling that it's a horror style game like everything's all greasy looking (laughs) sometimes i won't play it they
0: do they do love Uh, that moist look in horror games they do
1: everything's just wet just sopping wet
0: it's Uh, flesh it's all flesh smell that's the thing that i think about the most in those games how terrible it has to smell (laughs) oh it has to
2: Uh. yeah imagine if your character you know how sometimes you walk into a room and they'll add some like flavor the the character will like recoil over like, oh, or, you know, because mm-hmm. it's supposed to smell bad, or maybe it's hot, or it's cold, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Imagine if the characters were like real people and they just never shut up. <laughs> and they're just like, oh man, it smells terrible, and they start cracking like bad jokes, like maybe it's your upper lip. Have you ever Ooh. played Borderlands Three? <laughs> 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 my bagels! Oh, my bagels! Shut up about your bagels, guy. Absolute worst um but yeah i mean i guess i guess that's a great retort to my suggestion because borderlands 3 really was like that
0: i mean to (laughs) to me like when it comes to like art and like i think i appreciate anybody who's making their art for whatever they're trying to do for example a game that we've brought up many times i think on this podcast chimera land is probably Mm. one of the least visual spectacles I've ever seen, like the lowest, like it's not good, it looks like it was made in the Playstation 2 maybe if you're lucky 3 era Um, but to me, it's like
1: an asset flip too
0: yeah, it kind of feels like eh. but I I like that they went all in on that aesthetic it doesn't look great but it feels like the right thing for what they were trying to do, you know, I think it could by golly, it
2: feels like it looks
0: (laughs) it (laughs) does, it matches It really does.
2: Yeah. So that's actually part of what I was getting at was that, you know, some people, you know, maybe they see a low resolution game and they're put off by that. But for me, I mean, yeah, honestly, I think below some resolution, I'm not interested. Um, But when I see all these games that just look the same, even Mm. if they have incredible photorealistic graphics and art, if the, I, I think it's, it's not just the quality and the amount of fun. I think the art is important to me in that it can, it can tell me what the setting and the story is going to be like mm-hmm. and therefore maybe what the gameplay will be like. So you can usually tell a fantasy game apart from like yeah. a Call of Duty game, even if they're both photorealistic, the fantasy game will be a little more stylized. The colors will be maybe a little more vibrant. The particle effects will be crazy. They'll have different particle effects. Exactly. And that was like gosh, what was that game that came out that had it was the girl. I don't think it came out yet, but the trailers came out. We had talked about how oh, the trailers the tech weren't demo. that interesting. Huh?
1: The tech demo looking game? Yes. It looked oh, like forespoken? a tech demo. Forspoken.
2: For, there for it spoken. Is. God, the worst title. Um <laughs> So
1: forgettable. So bad. A
2: very I would say technically impressive looking game, but it's just so samey looking. It did have a, a bunch of cre- incredible like particle effects in the second trailer, I think. But before that, I was like, they could put you know a rifle in her hands, and I would think this is Call of Duty. Like this looks mm-hmm. super boring. Uh, at least it did in the trailer. Maybe I don't know. Maybe there's more juice later. But no, yeah, I, 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 it's the photorealism puts me off. Um, the the really cheap 3D art puts me off when it's not like cell shaded or something. It just looks kind of like. Like clay, not not like a textured clay, but like, yeah. like a textureless clay, like a Slime Rancher kind of game. Even the new Solar Ash made by the guys who did, um, actually not Solar Ash, that's not, no, it's a different game. I can't remember what I'm thinking of now. Yeah. A lot of indie games have this kind of like generic 3D cartoon art feel that puts me off too
1: if they used the the default texture from
0: whatever modeling
1: program they were using.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I feel, yeah. I feel like, you know, the new Matrix demo came out, right? I, I funny enough, for whatever reason, mm. I still haven't played it. Like, I just keep seeing videos about it, so it's kind of like, ah, I'll play it later, you know, and I have other things to do. But um the new Matrix demo came out. It looked beautiful. People were talking how like crazy. The reaction was wow, it's so realistic. But you know, when people started doing those asset flips, like they released the actual project, uh-huh. and, well, at least the city. So you could like check it out. And then people are like, oh, I made a Superman game. Oh, I made a, this and like to me, and right. people are like talking about it, like, this is so cool. This is so awesome. It's on like Kotaku. And like people are talking, I'm like, why are we talking about this? Like just because it looks good, doesn't mean it has any value. You know what I'm saying? It's, not to be disrespectful, but it's kind of like people. There's a lot of people who look
2: good. You know what I'm saying? Oh, snap. You know, I'm
1: you can't
0: put you can't put not to be disrespectful before
1: I mean, human beings like are
2: worthless. No, I'm, here I'm, what
0: I'm saying is, I mean that's true. But what I'm saying is that some people look good, like they know how to look good, put the makeup on, wear a nice suit, whatever their style is. But, man, they are trash people. Like, you can't... Ugly on the inside. Like, they might be horrible because of their personality and they're mean and they're rude and they're all that. Or they literally have nothing to offer, you know? And I feel like that's how I feel about visuals. Like, you have nothing to offer to me, you know? Like, I'd rather a, you know, lack of a better word, a terrible-looking person with a great personality than a great-looking person with a terrible personality, you know, personally. But, like... That's I don't know. It it just means yeah. more to me from a game. So aesthetics are it, not as important. Yeah, because
2: yeah. it says to me two things. It says what did the artist intend, if anything? Like what? How? Do, how does? Yeah, what did the artist intend? I won't I won't say any more than that. And the other thing it tells me is um, like what kind? How talented? Yeah, it tells me the attention to detail and the level of talent of the. Team, and so like, you know, obviously, if it's bad and it's badly done, then that to me says the game is badly done. Maybe it's still fun, and if I find out it's fun, I'll still play it. Like I'm not, mm-hmm. I, just, I just, I won't just never play it. But like that first impression, like mm, that's you know, you lost me there.
1: Yeah, and that's going back to forespoken. That's one of the things I guess that I kind of dislike about in the last decade or so, asset stores. And people putting 3D assets, really great looking assets, 2D assets too, you know, out there for anybody to either download for free or buy and then have full creative license over. But I think initially it started off pretty um, innocent. You know, they would put the asset out there so people can see how a project works. So they can build their own demos. But I think it's gotten to the point to where, especially with the Unreal asset store. Like they're they're pushing all these environmental assets and these um, projection projected images of real world objects that are these just high resolution three D models and suggesting people use them and I think these studios are like using them in their final game and so I remember a time where the way a game looked like it was intentional because if a game looked like another game, it's because it was connected to it in some way. And so now with these photorealistic graphics that anybody can grab, I think it's making this weird indistinguishable, giving giving games this weird indistinguishable quality that, you know, you see a game that has the same backgrounds, the same rock formations, the same assets, but they're completely different, you know, different developers, different gameplay style, completely different intentions. But it's like soulless because it's using all these really nice looking things, but you can't really get connected to it. Like you guys were saying.
0: Yeah, I think I think that soulless part is the part that kills me, you know? Like, the reason, you know, uh, I haven't played the latest Grand Theft Auto, but the past Grand Theft Autos, I really appreciated the care that the artists put into the world. Like, I think we've talked about this before, like, you see a random little piece of graffiti behind a trash can that's only there. It's like the right. only one, right? And Grand Theft Auto yeah, has always had, like... I think it's always been comparable, right? To whatever generation it is. It looks good. Like, it's not terrible, mm-hmm. right? But it's not necessarily the best of the best. So, I think they found that medium where it's like, hey, this is our... This is our what we're trying to portray and we are still putting our love into it. And I feel like you were saying, Kyle, a lot of studios have come to this this thought that, like, what sells games is how... For how much fidelity and da 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 you know and you get into this game and it feels like an empty, empty husk with like really nice HDR blah 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 you know what I'm saying like I'd rather you spend that time like I love artists and I want artists to have jobs number one <laughs> but yeah. um I wish they were able to like put more of their heart into what they're doing and less about how many pixels or how you know what I'm saying? Like they could really put more sure. of their essence, um, and let the game shine. Um, and it's I don't know. It just kind of it kind of takes away from from me personally an experience when a game looks good, but it f- plays like boo boo, you know, or it just feels bad, or you know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, because I, okay. I remember like in indie indie games, a lot of them don't come to fame because they look good because they play good
2: yeah although i find that a lot of people do like the art style they maybe they don't crow about it but like there are certain art styles that are just celebrated even yeah. if they're not technically impressive or whatever or as impressive so like you know a good eight or 16 bit games um voxel art people to people people like that uh, hand painted oh i mean people talk so much about the art in hollow Knight. Mm-hmm. if you weren't super into those types of games you might not even notice like oh there's cute bugs it's creepy monsters whatever but like some people really just go crazy for the hand-drawn and of course when hollow Knight went up and became really popular now tons of hand-drawn metroidvanias are popping up right you know it used to be the it used to be the pixel art now is the hand-drawn art um it is it is uh, one of the i think i mentioned well i always say this i think i mentioned i mentioned <laughs> it recently i think or i wanted to but um one of my first pc games was braid and i remember that actually that has a not only is it hand drawn but it's a very painted effect and he did uh let's see yeah i remember he Bra- did he did like really simple fire effects And one of the cool things is that one of the main mechanics of braid is that you can push a button and rewind time. And when you do that, it changes like the colors of everything. And it also changes the music. The music plays backwards. And depending on how fast or slow you're rewinding time, like that's how more, that's how strongly the colors will change. And, uh, there's kind of this feeling of like, oh, it's seasonal and everything was just really beautiful. And it felt like kind of a maybe more saturated, like classical painting. And uh, I'm like, what a great art style. Like, this is super cool. And it's kind of rough looking now just because I think the assets weren't scaled to a high resolution. But, like, it's still a really interesting style. I would love to see more games like that. But it's kind and, of rare.
1: And that was a solo dev, too, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, that was uh, Blow. Jonathan Blow. Johnny Blow. Johnny Blow. I think he's done, like, TED Talks and stuff or whatever the gaming equivalent is. Oh, nice. Um, I didn't think the game was that... I mean, at the time, I thought it was great, but, I mean, there's a lot of cool games that have come out since then. Um, But, yeah, he was widely celebrated for a while. For that and The Witness, I think. You played The Witness, right, Brad? Yeah, I started playing... hmm, Yeah, I
0: played quite a bit of Witness. I think it's one of those games... uh, The style is very... I think it matches what they were going for. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's yeah. an interesting game. I love puzzle games. I kind of, the only reason I stopped playing it was just because the puzzles were getting a li- little bit more esoteric. Like it didn't. Sure. It, it felt like <laughs> I was playing the designer. <laughs> like, like what are you? I, I got to figure out what the designer is thinking, not what the puzzle is doing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
2: So yeah. anyway, that's that's another. You, you should try Braid it uh it has some weird puzzles, oh too. yeah, I think I beat braid, yeah, I beat braid
0: uh, okay yeah, I got it a while back. That was one of those games that I felt that I needed to play as a game developer to
2: oh yeah, I think we've talked about this.
1: you bring up a good point though about I guess the the connotations between like two d games and three d games and like a three d game is automatically higher fidelity like in in common vernacular even though. We know it's not true, because especially like with movies, studios, um, the reason why even enormous studios like Disney are moving away from two D is because it takes so much longer to produce, and so like it's more cost effective to go three D. But I think mm-hmm. then like main mainline consumers, I guess, are more impressed by three D as well.
0: Yeah, if I, I wonder. I, I wonder if there will be a time where. You know, like you know, a lot of why three D is and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, Kyle. A, a lot of the reason why I imagine three D is animation is easier to do is because there's a lot of the computer doing some work for you, right? Like The tools. Yeah, like uh what's it called? Like uh what's the term when you go from one like position Key to keyframing? Yeah, like it it can like do that kind of stuff for you or help, you know, like, oh, I'm going from a smile to a frown. It can like help you. Oh, blends. Yeah, Yeah, like all that stuff. Like it kind of maybe helps, but it's a little bit harder to do from a 2D perspective. But I'm wondering Mm -hmm. if like the industry will continue to mature and we'll see more 2D tools that will allow essentially the same thing. Like, oh, it's basically behind the scene kind of sort of a 3D model. But it's like very, you know, two dimensional and it can still allow for that same like basically a 3D animator and a 2D animator to work together to, you know. And and I, f- I wonder yeah. if that'll create more um, interesting visual,
2: you know, approaches in the future. Yeah. So that that reminds me of something. There's two people on YouTube that immediately came to mind when you mentioned 2D and 3D. Uh, one is Worthy Kids. If you look up Ian Worthington and the other is, uh, I I don't remember what his actual name is, but the channel is called a Fox in space. Uh, Ian Worthington basically just does, he did a few adult swim bumpers. He does these cool, like this is basically just his own little fun animations, but he recently switched. He used to, I think he used to draw everything by hand, but I think now he does everything in blender. Even if he renders it into like 2D and does a 2D scene, mm-hmm. it's he still did all the modeling and stuff in a 3D tool, which is really interesting. And the other guy, uh, Fox in Space, he's he's been working on a fan made, basically a, a show, an unofficial show for Fox. Uh, oh, Star Fox. Star yeah, Fox. I've
1: seen that one. It's really good. Yeah. So
2: he only has one episode and he's been working on episode two for like five years or something crazy. Everyone's Man. on. The edge of their seats waiting for this episode to drop. <laughs> it better be good. But he started animating, he he releases clips every now and then, and he started animating all the characters in Blender. And apparently it's like drastically increased his production speed. And he's like, oh I'm gonna I'm gonna use Blender from, from everything now. So the show is still a 2D show, but it's being built in 3D. Because I yeah. guess it's easier.
1: Yeah, and so yeah, the the overlap has been, I guess increasing as the years go on like flash was one of the ways people really increased like the efficiency of 2d animation because they'd create each piece of a character and then attach them and then just animate that stuff and uh rather than having to hand draw every frame and then that's kind of crossed over into adobe animate which is what they use now and that actually does kind of allow what you were talking about before brassing about Kind of creating a three D model in two D, and so you can do like the perspective shifts and stuff like that with those tools. But then even which which I find really interesting is like we, when we watched Arcane um, not too long ago, how three D they're painting on three D models to make them look more two D as like an aesthetic choice. And so it's like the the line between two D and three D are getting blurred because I think a lot of people enjoy the the aesthetic of what only a 2D, you know, uh, medium can bring, but yeah. also the efficiency of 3D. Because hands down, yeah, there's there's no way you can match even even just a couple, like you can render 30 frames in 3D because if you already have a model in a few minutes, you know, somebody walking or something versus days in some cases, depending on what a character is wearing where they're going, the background and changing perspective, all these different things you don't have. You don't even... I mean, you have to think about them in 3D, of course, but a lot of it's done for you in a way because it's, it's already built. And so I, I get it.
0: Yeah, you, but. you know, it's... it's this kind of goes back to, like, when... In indie games, right? Like, and why asset flips exist and why all these other tools exist is because... Sometimes the limiting factor to, I guess, sharing your vision or some kind of really cool idea is that visual element, right? Mm -hmm. You know, because it's hard to really, like, for example, let's take Fortnite, for example. Um, Fortnite. And you wanted to make Fortnite, but you weren't epic and you didn't have a budget to pay all these people. (laughs) Anyway, but um, (laughs) you were like, oh, I want to do this in 2D because that's a cheaper option, right? You probably could never convey what you want to convey from a visual standpoint, right? Like you'd be so limited. So you're like, okay, let's go to 3D. Well, it's gonna take us longer, and it's da 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 da, and it's gonna look like trash. And then it looks like trash. So when the that bullet flies across the screen, it doesn't. It's a little bit more muddy, and it's not. You know, the player can't really read it as well. And you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like it starts to actually detriment the game. So like, there's definitely yeah. like some, maybe there's a graph out there. I don't know if I've ever seen it from a game development standpoint where like graphic fidelity and gameplay, you know, communication or gameplay, like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, basically how you communicate something from a visual standpoint, like where, yeah. where they meet to make a great game. Right. Yeah. You
2: know, like you can't. You can't rely, you know, maybe in a cartoony game, you can make the enemies red, but in a realistic game, you can make them wear red, but the red's going to be a little darker and maybe it's going to blend in with the other stuff in the background if there's red behind them and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I see what you mean. Yeah. And maybe that's part of, I think I mentioned that that muddiness is part of why I don't like a lot of these photorealistic games because I'm like, I I guess, it, I don't know, there's some there's just a couple things about it. Maybe one of them is like you said, that my, my eye isn't necessarily drawn to where it needs to go.
1: There's a game yeah. that came out <clears throat> well, a couple of games. So when it comes to like, games that I think really shatter this idea that a lot of at least big studios have about graphic fidelity, you know, like it, it's the most important thing. are games like um, Undertale and Abba is You. Baba is You. Did I say Abba? (laughs) Abba and Preach? He's (laughs) accidentally like... (laughs) But, like, those games, nobody has even tried to defend the visual styles of those games. But it's undeniable, Mm -hmm. like, how cult classics those games have become. And then... Oh. From the Undertale perspective, for a, Sans to be in Smash Bros, even though he's a skin. It, even though he's an
2: ugly 3D skin, <laughs> I might add.
1: Right. They made him in 3D from a 2D game that people were unified in saying doesn't look very good. And it's like, and it, it just goes to show just how strong, I guess, the art direction was. Even though maybe it didn't have the, the most skill behind it, it had intent behind it.
2: <laughs> it sure did. I still remember I haven't even beaten the game, but I remember one of my favorite gags is that you're trying to hide from somebody and you just hide behind a lamp <laughs> and the lamp is shaped exactly like the outline of your body, kinda like lumpy and like the profile, you know, that they make for the character. Yeah. And I'm like, that is so stupid, but <laughs> I love it so much. <laughs> yeah, and
1: clever visual gags like that you can only really do like effectively in two D.
2: Unless you are double fine because then your games are in 3D, but they might as well be in 2D because nobody holds you to anything. <laughs> Psychonauts is one of the ugliest, but also most charming games I've ever seen. Mm.
0: Yeah. It has, yeah. A, it has a, yeah, it has that style that really makes it stand yeah. out and why it should have probably won at the game awards. Like, uh, Psychonauts, what two or put, yeah, you know, two, you know, uh, not who ended up winning,
2: uh, the oh, it was a uh, oh, uh, kicking game. Um, what? Deathloop. Yeah, Deathloop. Yeah.
0: Deathloop won everything. But, uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I, I I don't know. Because like, it had realistic graphics. Let, let me ask y'all this. <laughs> let me ask y'all this. Like, in the recent past, has the visual fidelity of a game directly impacted your decision to purchase it or not? Like, not in a theoretical standpoint, but in
1: a... I will been- say yes. Okay. Um, it was a combination of nostalgia, but there had been other like, iterations, I guess, before this one, which didn't push me over the edge to, to outright buy, but uh, a couple of years ago, Streets of Rage 4 came out.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh
1: and the, I guess, gimmick, if you will, was that it was fully hand-drawn. And I didn't know how the game played. I was actually afraid that the game would be pretty clunky because a lot of things looked like it was really slow. And, you know, in order to make the animations look very good, there's some things you have to, you know, if, if it's going to look that good, they usually sacrifice gameplay, in, mm-hmm. in my experience. And I, I was pleasantly surprised that it, it was still a very solid game, but... Just the the hand drawn aesthetic of that game, a hundred percent sold me before the actual gameplay did. I don't know if you got, have you guys played any of the Streets of Rage games?
2: No, but I've heard you can really see the rage. <laughs> Ooh, the, yeah. Yes, that's
0: that's their tagline. You can see the rage. <laughs> yeah, I played Streets of Rage like when it the original iteration. I think one or two uh, mm-hmm. when it was just because yeah, that's size girl and beat 'em up so. Oh, yeah because because to me that was like the same like R- river city ransom double dragon um mm-hmm. I guess double dragon battle toad kind of was the next, like the next narration of like from visual aspect um yeah so yeah so okay that's interesting what what about you Steve uh
2: I was gonna say no because I'm like I haven't bought a lot of games recently and blah 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 but if I go back a little further I will say yes and this is actually something I was gonna bring up um that was the time i'll I'll mention it now uh what was the game now uh octopath traveler oh um i don't play a ton of jrpgs and i i remember thinking like oh okay the story looks fine and the mechanics seem interesting but the art really stuck out to me Mm -hmm. and so if you're not aware the characters and like the the you know the the floor is it's it's a it's a game that's it's an octo uh not octo, jeez, ISO. It's kind of an isometric, like kind of tilted down perspective. But what they've done, they've done a couple things. All the characters are sprites and they're kind of this eight bit or sixteen bit maybe uh sprite, so it's all pixelated and some of the art is really beautiful. Um the but, colors in that game. But the world, they they've used these two D assets to create a three D world, and so all of the uh, and they added a whole bunch of of uh, what what do you call it? Uh, focusing, uh,
1: oh, like, like the tilt shift
2: focus. No, 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 not the not the perspective. They basically made it look like a um, a the macro diorama. shot Man. diorama. Yeah, they they like the diorama because like everything is really tightly focused. Um. Oh god, that reminds me. I saw something yesterday that really bothered me. I'll tell you in a second. Um, so that just it just made the game look like a cute little like mm-hmm. like a toy set, and all these characters are running around doing their thing. Yeah. And the third thing they did was incredible lighting and like non-pixelated lighting effects and just mm-hmm. other effects, particle effects. And so the all the moves and like you know the graphics, all the all the things that happen in the game look good look fantastic but they're kind of imposed over this simpler more charming pixel art i'm like wow that's just something about that just really strikes me it's really gorgeous yeah Uh, and so that was half the reason i bought the game to be honest because i thought it looked really good and actually uh very briefly as an aside i've been watching the lincoln lawyer on netflix Hmm. which so far is a pretty good show it's it's entertaining but uh, one thing that they do that really, really gets under my skin is they they have, like, occasional, they'll break up a scene with, with like, shots of the city or, like, a, of a neighborhood or something. But they apply this, this focusing effect, uh, like a depth of field, to make it look like a macro mm-hmm. image. Like, oh, it's a little tiny city. It's so cute. But, A, it's becoming overdone because everyone's starting to do this now. Yeah. And, B, they do a really ugly, like, lazy filter to do it. It's like clearly computer generated (laughs) because obviously it has to be and it just looks so bad and it doesn't add anything. It's not, this is about a lawyer. It's not about, (laughs) I don't know. It's just weird. Anyway, so I was going to bring up Octopath Traveler and my question to you guys was going to be, what is your favorite quirky, weird art style in like a game or an anime or something you've seen? Wait, before, before
0: you guys answer that question, I didn't want to answer this question for myself. Oh, bad. no, 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 no. It's fine. I'm happy you threw it out there. Um actually I was I thought about this because I personally haven't bought a game, I think, from just because like, oh man, that looks really pretty or cool. But I have chose to play specific games because I knew or thought to myself that it might um visually attract Shailene to pay attention to it. If that makes sense.
3: Oh. Um,
0: because, you know, I want her to watch me play games. And, like, like I can tell, like, there's certain games that I feel like if I play, she'll be more invested or interested in. Uh, just mm-hmm. from, like, a glance, maybe the story. Like, what game was I playing recently that she was kind of heavily involved in? <laughs> from, I can't remember what story. Oh, God of War. She was really, like, God of War looks incredible. And I think it was so cinematic in the way that they did all the shots and the visuals I think really brought her into the world to like watch alongside of me. And uh, one game that I got early in our marriage uh, that I was like, Ooh, I want to play this because I want Shailene to kind of watch it was um, Journey. And I think Journey is one of those games that, yeah, not the highest fidelity graphics per se, but it's such an artistic approach. And it feels like you're kind of looking at a painting like a moving yeah. painting. And I remember plank starting to play it because like, oh I you know, because it's a short game if you just do in one sitting. And she would just come in and watch me play it. And she was talking to her mom, my mother-in-law, on the phone, and she's like, This game is so weird. Like they're doing this and like <laughs> But I and and once again, this is a game that doesn't have any dialogue, that's just chirps and chips and all that and just a long scarf kind of game but she was very heavily invested and i thought okay i think this game she'll it'll catch her eye you know so um i had it for free because it was on playstation plus but it was it did determine what game i was going to play from because of the visuals what i thought would draw her in you know so that's the answer to my question but what was your question again steve
2: my question was: uh, What are some what are what some of your favorites in terms of like quirky or weird art styles? Maybe things that aren't as popular or aren't as uh, yeah poppy pop culturey, and not just in games, but you know, if there's an anime you really liked or a movie or something. Oh, now you're going that route. Ooh.
0: Just open up the well. I can I can, yeah. I can um,
2: let's start. We can start in video games, and if you really want to, you can. I can immediately outside. think of a game that comes to me that.
0: I, I wish they would either remake or, I don't know, reboot or something. Um, because it was such a great game Brando. and the visual stand uh, style was so cool. It was a beautiful, beautiful Joe. Oh yeah. Um, oh, it, it does look really interesting. It had a, a very cool like comic book. Loved those games, comic book, but like movie, old school movie. Like it was super cool how they did everything the way that sound effects showed up how their art design um, just it was incredibly it was like the dark souls of of 2d games scrolling <laughs> yeah, yeah, like before Cup before cuphead there was yeah. a beautiful joe yeah and i mean games you know way back in the day were all hard so like mega man <laughs> but like true. this generation which was the gamecube era games were like a little bit easier you know and this game was brew. Oh so, man n- unforgiving checkpoints crazy hard normal enemies <laughs> like mm-hmm. it, w- it was crazy but yeah like just the way that they did things like the how and it was like a fixed camera because it was a 2d sky sc- side scrolling but like how they decided to where to set the, posi- the position in the camera like how things would move across the screen attacks like everything about it was beautiful to me um and this is on the GameCube, which is...
2: Or was it beautiful? It was beautiful. Ooh, it was beautiful. Did it. And and this is on the
0: GameCube, <laughs> which wasn't necessarily known for its graphical fidelity. Well, I guess maybe...
2: It was It maybe, was pretty strong during that, whole,
0: yeah, during that time. Yeah, during that time. But it was great. It was beautiful. I, I And the game was fun. It's one of those games that I kind of wish I still owned. I never bought it. I only rented it and borrowed it from a friend. But uh, I wish I owned it. Should
1: have kept their copy
0: yes i know they did it's such it was such a fun game such a cool game and the it was beautiful that's really what immediately when i thought of games that are and unique. it
1: had the like the most i mean like parry systems and stuff aren't unique but the way they handled it where you had the slow-mo but because it wasn't yeah. tv you weren't just like you didn't slow down everybody and then run around and like in like bayonetta or something where it, you know s- slow motion affects everybody but it was you, you. like you pretty much only affected yourself with the slow mo, and then you could dodge stuff or do like attacks. It was more similar to like the the dodge system in Breath of the Wild. Mm. It was really similar to that. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it super was super satisfying. And it
0: was super cool because every enemy type, you had to like, do I dodge? Do I jump? Do I, right. you know, and how how you had to do it in combination to finally get an opening to attack them and that slow. It was. So cool and unique, and the visuals just was the uh mwah, just made it beautiful, just delicious. <laughs> he just cup.
1: Kissed his microphone. <laughs> <laughs> so, I actually want to make a comment before I answer your question about so when you were talking about Octopath Tra- uh, Traveler and them using the octo or not octometric perspective, which is what Pisometric. they should have called it octometric, they missed, they did they missed miss the marketing opportunity. opportunity.
2: Octo Trinity.
1: Octo exactly. So
2: what you had me thinking about was... Wouldn't it be um, Oct You do the, <laughs> Anyway. Exocto is what you're trying to say. <laughs> <in voice. laughs> exactly. I don't know what you're thinking. <laughs> so Elden Ring, somebody
1: made a mod that put the the camera perspective in a similar way to Octopath. Where it oh, was I did see that. extremely yeah. pulled out and the character was super tiny and it looks incredible. It doesn't look very playable, but it look it's no. super like interesting to see. Like it reminds me of those old point and click games. Cause it's just how like you, there's no way you can do combat when you can barely see your character. But I guess just the the attention to detail they put into all these things that you'll never see at that distance was amazing. And then mm-hmm. seeing the big Hulking enemies where you can see their whole body from from the top was just oh it's mind blowing. So I think somebody's gonna come out with a game like that pretty soon.
2: Yeah. I'd have to I mean it'd be cool. I will say the person who did that also after they set the camera up and they recorded the footage, I think they uh they went back and post they like lowered the frame rate to make the characters look more like it's stop motion, which is a really oh, gorgeous effect. Yeah, that's awesome. But they they probably wouldn't play the game like that, and I wouldn't want to either. Bad time. Look at yeah. this. Nice.
1: But as far as like quirkiness in a game, I, I guess it's more of a novelty because I haven't really been able to experience it quite the same in other mediums. Um, what's it called? I've been sitting here trying to think of it when games use live action video. Is it uh,
0: LMV? Uh no. now you messed me up because I literally was about to say it. Uh gosh, I oh, know you were. Uh I oh had, man. You just I had to mess you up You me. literally I was literally about to say the acronym and now I don't know. Now i have to look it up. Thank you. <laughs> God I, I guess we'll never know. FMA F,
3: no that's full metal. FMV. Al- yeah.
0: thank you. Full metal alchemist. Full motion video. Full full metal yeah. alchemist. Yeah. <laughs> full <laughs> FM
2: Full Motion Alchemist. <laughs>
0: Yes, FMVs. It's, yes. A, it's a
1: racing game based on. Okay. So what I was thinking of is those the FMVs in VR are an experience, um, because I played FMVs on a screen before, and you know just having it to where you can look in the 3D environment, it still has its jank, and if you look straight down, everything gets really weird. But if you pay attention <laughs> to what you're looking at in VR in those FMV games, it's crazy. I've done a couple where it's like, face your fears, and they bring you up to these really t- ho- the, the top of these high mountains and stuff, where you're looking over cliffs, and I think that that's a really novel, it's, it's barely a game, arguably, it's more of, I guess, a cinematic sort of experience, so I guess it still fits in what we're talking about, but those are probably one of the more interesting things that I want people to, I want someone to figure out how to make it more fun and engaging, <laughs> whatever that means, do, do arbitrarily make it more fun for me. Um but speaking it. of
2: VR, that oh sorry, were you gonna No you good as soon as you were done. Yeah, you go ahead. Alright, you're done. Alright. So speaking of VR, I was just thinking about this and I'm like, you know, most VR games are well maybe not. I guess the I guess I would say most VR games are celebrated for being real photorealistic or adjacent to that. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the real joy of, of it, because no matter what, it's going to be super immersive if you can like look around and look at your hands and and see the perspective in 3D. But I mean, I feel like the the goal of VR isn't just to immerse us in a world that looks like the one we already live in, but to immerse us in new worlds. Yeah. And so I want to I want to be in a game that has like some sort of crazy graphic situation in VR. Like that sounds. Enticing to me.
0: Basically, you want to throw up all over yourself when when you when you go <laughs> no. in there and you realize, oh, there's a reason the human eye <laughs> sees the world like it does. Because, <laughs> you know, you just.
2: Well, I mean, I don't think that would make you sick. Like, obviously, motion sickness is a, is a concern, but I don't think you can get like saturation sickness I, I... from oh, there's too much neon in this cyberpunk VR game. I don't know, man. I, from my personal experience
0: in VR, like using the low level mm-hmm. and then using like something like PSVR or something. Like, just how images appear on the lens seems to have an impact. Like, it's... I don't know how to describe it. And maybe, Kyle, maybe I'm wrong. But personally, like, if a game had, like, weird, like, visual... Like, for example, I was playing a game and it was, like, glitching. And, like, <laughs> random things would pop in or pop out. And it, sounds awful. And it was, like... Yeah, it was complete I don't even know if disorienting is the word. It just, it
3: off, is,
1: yeah, Off-putting.
0: <laughs> yeah, because everything just seems wrong. But no, I, I
1: get what you're saying. Like, uh, because even if you if you're not wearing the headset right and things are just a little bit blurry, even that really can jack you up and make you just feel sick. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, stuff moving out of the, or something that moves you, the character, like moves your position, bro. The, oh, the, the, bro, the play, uh, stuff oh. like that. Yeah, so. You know, I don't want to play any flashing light simulators in VR.
0: Flashing light simulator. Welcome oh, to flashing did. light simulator. <laughs> 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 da, 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 da. Ah. Epilepsy simulator. Like they, they wouldn't call it epilepsy simulator because that way they wouldn't get sued. They're like, No, this is flashing light simulator. We're just simulating what it's like
2: to have a lot of flashing lights that affect your frontal cortex in a way that you know, like <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> No warnings.
2: So I was, I was recently on a family vacation and we went to a, a museum of, it was an optical illusion museum in Florida ooh, and it was kind of disappointing because it was less a museum and more like a 35, 40 minute, you know, tour. It was a very small building is what I'm getting at, but the optical illusions were very cool and they had that one tunnel you go in and the walls are spinning around you, Mm. uh, And you have to walk down the tunnel. It's like a tube. Yeah, the tube is rotating. And so it was... This is completely off topic and maybe not even a big deal. But to me, it was a big deal. You walk in. You're like, oh, it's spinning. Oh, it's creepy. But if you, like, stop walking for, like, a second or two and just kind of look ahead, suddenly it, like, clicks in your brain. And suddenly, like, it feels like the bridge is moving. And I was like, oh! Oh. (laughs) Like... And nothing changed except my perspective. And suddenly it was very off-putting and very unpleasant. So No, that
0: that reminds uh, me of, uh, you know, one day we, we brothers all have to go to Japan. But, uh, oh, first I got to tell you the story how this happened. Because I know this is off-topic, right. but this is a hilarious story. <laughs> so we're in Japan. It's my, myself, Marcus, and Tim, one of our other friends. And uh, Tim, he was living in Indonesia. And he f- flew over to join us in Japan, me and Marcus. So we're going around town. Uh, where uh, I can't remember where we went. It wasn't Akihabara. we were somewhere else. Uh, we no, no. I think we were in Akihabara. But anyway, there was um this giant um Ferris wheel, right? That's what it's called, right? The one that goes around. Yeah. yeah. Right. So we got on the Ferris wheel, overlooks Tokyo. Such a great experience. Really fun. And we got off the Ferris wheel, and there was like this uh art exhibit happening. Like uh, it's like a permanent art exhibit. And people talk about it all the time, but it's like pretty expensive. So we weren't planning to go, but we were just walking over there (laughs) and um, we walk over there. And just for context, for anybody who doesn't know what I look like um, or Marcus or Tim, I'm a black American. Well, I'm a Jamaican American. Marcus is a black American and Tim is a white American. Right. So we're walking toward this art exhibit just to see what it is. And as we approach, there's, like, these guys standing near what would be the entrance to this art museum, like, kind of looking around, kind of confused. And then they walk up to us and go, hey, are you guys, do you guys speak English? (laughs) Like... Like and and <laughs> Thank God and you don't. I was so tempted to go. Nani? <laughs> like, oh man, you should have. <laughs> what well, kind of saying? You know. But I was like, no, nah, I'm not gonna Just play. With, I'm not gonna play with these guys. So I said, Yeah, we speak English. They're like, Awesome. We've been looking for people who speak English. <laughs> you know. And they're like, Hey, like one of our friends couldn't show up to go to this art exhibit, so we have like two tickets or something to go to this art exhibit, and we don't want to waste it, so we wanted to give it to somebody, but nobody. We can't figure out who speaks English to give it to and explain it to. Snap. Uh-huh. So we were like, uh, like, and the thing is, we weren't like planning to go, and the tickets were like solidly like fifty or sixty dollars. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we we're like, man, that's a grip. So like, me and Tim were like, kind of like, oh, that sounds cool. Marcus was like, eh, lightly, like enthused. So we decided that we like kind of split the last ticket, whatever. So we go. Anyway, first of all, this thing is super cool, and. I wouldn't even be mad if I spent my money, just to be real. Um, It was worth the $60. $60 There's some pictures on my Instagram of when we, well, I don't know. They were in my story. I might put them back up so y'all can see them. But like, it's super cool. But there's this one room that's like a whole bunch of glass. I can't even describe Mm. it. It's like a whole bunch of glass and mirrors. And it's clearly a really small room, but it gives you this feeling that you're in this like, infinite space <laughs> wow. like it is so cool like there's no you couldn't it's like this is why like it's like you know how some things like you can't really take a picture of to express mm-hmm. like spatial you can't really express spatial awareness yeah the, a photo right? doesn't really man give you a it sense was of space. so cool just to be in the space and like everybody like literally going when i first stepped in there marcus was getting on me because when i stepped in there i was like bro 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 <laughs> like like I, like, like my brain was like what's happening i don't like this we need to get out of here we're dying <laughs> and marcus was like chill out bro <laughs> like <just> we're dying <laughs> like it was such a it messed with my head so much but it was such a cool like um and to me like that's the like essence of like a visual experience, you know. Um, I know we're kind of off topic now, but like, I don't know. You just reminded me of that Steve. Yeah, you I mean, you could stuff.
1: just pretend like you didn't jump those guys
2: outside to the ticket, but
1: that's t- fine.
2: You speak English? <laughs> yeah, then you know what I'm doing to you. Give me your money. I think the actual phrasing was English. Do speak you speak it? it?
0: English? Do you
2: speak it? <laughs> Say Nani to me more one more time. time. <laughs>
0: uh, uh, But um, mirrors are wild.
2: Yeah. Man, what are mirrors? How do they work? (laughs) What are mirrors? (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Jeez. So one thing I will say that's
1: kind of consistent across games, no matter the fidelity is, or inconsistent, I should even say, is how they handle mirrors and reflective surfaces. I think it's gotten a little bit more. Like, you can almost reliably expect a mirror to reflect something in games nowadays just because of, like, I guess processing power, whatever you want, whatever mm-hmm. you want to say, but like back in the day, no matter how good a game looked, they would either s- smash all the mirrors or have this really mm-hmm. weird gray hue, or just not even care and just yeah. not show a reflection.
2: The mirror is like dirty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm not so. I'm too dirty. Do you have like a game in mind? Because as soon as you said mirrors, a very a game came to mind. Wait,
0: hold that thought for a second. I just want to say yes, I agree with you. Actually, I was playing a game recently. And oh, actually, it was Fortnite too, where the mirrors work in mm. Fortnite, and but it's still like a little like they're dis- really distorted. Distorted, but I watched a GDC about uh, one of the teams who did like uh, mirror reflections in their game, and they're just talking about how ridiculously difficult it was. Like <laughs> not even just purely on like a processing power standpoint, but purely from a like computation, like make it look right. Where's yeah. the camera angle? What, you know, what does a human expect when they see a mirror at this? It's, like, cr- so crazy how, like... And this is why my heart goes to every person who's a game developer, especially those who work in the graphics, trying to make those things work. Like, the amount of effort you put in for a small little thing that is kind of inconsequential is incredible, you know? Um, so, yeah. so, mirror Mirror in game development... Like for engines, like making them from scratch, one of the hardest things, you know, Um, light reflection is crazy. So anyway, yeah, because that's like a level design thing. Like if something's out of
1: place and that breaks the immersion, you know, someone notices that. So, so yeah, I mean, that's, I think that's why it's made such a big impression on me over the years. So no, I can't think of, I want to say there were mirrors in like Halo 2 or something that I noticed Mm. that I didn't have a reflection in, but I can't think of one on the spot.
2: So I didn't I didn't think about it I guess when I was playing it as a kid, but I recently replayed the GameCube version of Metroid Prime. Mm. I was emulating it, and um, I don't know if they just didn't have it in the Wii version, or what. Because after I got the Wii version, I basically never played the GameCube version again. But I was playing I was emulating. And I was playing Metroid Prime and there's like two or three objects in the whole game that are technically mirrors. But they're so it's really funny. They're basically domes. So if you were to think of them as a mirror, they would be they should be distorting everything and making it look super weird. Yeah. But when you walk up to it, you see Samus. She's not distorted um, hmm. and she's not correctly oriented so like if you turn a little bit like she's still compl- she's still facing you like flatly facing the, the you I guess oh. and she also if you back away and you kind of see more of her you can tell that she's in a t-pose they literally just had a Samus model <laughs> in a space somewhere <laughs> just it t probably po- and sliding <laughs> sliding her around to match her movements <laughs> they're like you know what nobody like that's so slick <laughs> it that is, is. I
3: reflection. mean that's what you
2: I mean that's a very, I would say, I mean, if you don't have the software and the rendering techniques, like when I mean, you have a little bit of extra hardware, computational power to Fake make it. that happen. Like, yeah, just have a whole, have a mirror worm exist oh. behind the window and just reflect or just, uh, just you know, yeah. move all the characters like your character. Yeah. Mirror the, mirror the room Whoa. and then when they leave the room, just remove it from memory. And... Yeah. So, so they had enough memory, I guess, to just mirror Samus and not even really in the room.
1: With that, you made me think of two games, actually really old games, old-ish games, that did that same technique. One was Super Mario 64 in the mirror room. Like, yeah, I think you just made a joke about the mirror dimension is, like, real in that game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Might as well it's, be. Yeah. It's, a, it's a separately modeled, like, they've done the boundary break thing. And they they did a similar thing in the 3DS port for Super Mario 64. Where they have a separate model. But then another game... And I might have this wrong. I want to say it was one of the Kingdom Hearts. Where Mm -hmm. there was a reflective floor that you're running on top of. And they just put another model underneath
0: you. That's cool. It's clever, man. It's clever. Is that so... I think... If I recall- it's a nice
2: attention to detail, and, and when games didn't have reflections, you know, like why would they go out of their way to do that just to stun us, pretty much.
0: If I recall correctly, I and maybe I might be completely wrong. Somebody's gonna. Co- I know one thing I'm kind of sort of right about, but we'll see. Um, <laughs> Metal Gear Solid: Sons of Liberty. I, I think there is this big thing. You, you know how when you go in a game, like a game that has guns particularly, and you walk into like a scene that has like a bar. Or, like, there's a bottle on a table or something like that. And you shoot it. Like, it's like this natural tendency. I don't know if y'all do this. There's a natural tendency for me to, like, shoot a random thing to see what happens. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, oh, I wonder if the glass would break. I wonder if the box, if it'll just mm-hmm. be a texture or if it'll actually be a hole. Um, So, I guess when Metal Gear Solid Sons of Liberty came out, people were playing it. And this is why Kojima's the boss. <laughs> so, there's, like, this scene you walk into... And there is, uh, like, a bar, and there's also a fish tank. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, in this era, most bars, any, like, textures like that were normally just billboarded or fake or whatever. Right. And you shoot the bottle, and it breaks. Right? And now, as a player, you're like, okay, <laughs> like, what can I do in here, right? So you start messing with the environment, and things are, like, actually working. And the biggest one mm-hmm. is that if you shoot the, the the fish tank, it works like you would expect, in like, with fluid dynamics. Like, you shoot really? it, and water starts spewing out the bottom. Like, just, and slowly you see water lowering. The fish that's in the tank is getting pushed down. Mm-hmm. And if you shoot another hole, more water comes out at a faster speed in a faster rate. It's crazy, and people. That's awesome. It blew like that was like for a lot of people, like that. That was like that the was greatest the moment. moment in gaming history. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like shooting the fish tank. It, it was either Metal Gear Solid, Sons of Liberty, or um, what's the game where you Tom Clancy? Not Tom Clancy. Splinter Cell. It was Splinter was one of, Cell. It was one of those Excuse two games. Me. I can't remember. But yeah, and then I think that one also had mirrors. Whatever game, I might be
2: mixing up the two. But they just oh, I just thought of two more, two more games. So really impressive, GameCube games. Uh, Super Mario Sunshine Mm -hmm. has working mirrors. Remember in the beach level? There's a lot of beach levels. Um, uh, Whatever it's the one. It's the beach level where at one point you have these three mirrors with these. wrigglers on them and you have to knock the wrigglers off and then the mirrors will point to a wriggler who's like sitting on top of the shine spray and you have to basically point all three mirrors at him to bake him until Ooh. he dies and then falls apart it's a those game. mirrors yeah weirdly violent scenes kind of sad he's just sleeping up there and you just melt him like a kid wait, with a magnifying glass wait what
0: glass. game is this
2: <laughs> mario sunshine yes
0: yes yes okay i was like
2: Am I tripping? I was like, wait, I didn't hear you say sunshine for some reason. But anyway, oh, my I said, bad. Maybe I, maybe I No, didn't. you You said it. You I just, yeah. My. But, uh, yeah, those mirrors work. And they work they seem like high quality. And they might just be mirrors, or sorry, windows into a, a mirror realm. But because they can rotate and shift around, mm-hmm. I feel like there's still a lot of computation that has to go into that. So I was really impressed when I saw those a few years ago. I forgot about that. Yes. I think those were true yeah. mirrors. I think those. Yeah, I think they were. And then Luigi's mansion has two mirror rooms, uh, where you have to like. I think one mirror room where you have to you have to use the mirror to see. No, no, sorry. They have one mirror room, and that's the only way you can see ghosts in the room. Is they're only visible in the mirrors.
1: Oh, that's a cool mechanic to use.
2: Yeah, but they can strangle you in real life, so you have to. You know, you have to (laughs) get them. (laughs) Jeez. Yeah, I said too because I was thinking of a projector room, which is the same idea. Instead mm-hmm. of a mirror, it's a a projector screen, and you have to look at the shadows. Yeah, I don't think I've seen that in many games.
3: No, yeah, super impressive.
2: So, so, so you said something
0: earlier, Steve. You were saying like not just games, but other media that has interesting visual
2: um, mm-hmm. approaches, like Arcane. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like
0: Arcane is definitely one that comes to my mind. But actually, one that. It's kind of surprising... Okay, so there's two that come to mind uh, of more recently. I, I deeping digging deeper in my brain. I probably think of more, but from an anime standpoint, um, Doro oh, Hodoro Doro Hodoro Doro uh, Hodoro. That visual style is markedly ugly. Mm-hmm. Like the characters are <laughs> all kind of like just. Not appealing enough, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like there's a weird thing about them, and but I feel like that art aesthetic really lends to the shows, like, like what it's going for like, this mm-hmm. weird alternate world where magic, like, basically, it's like discrimination.
2: If you it's a it's it, the manga is also like really filthy and dirty, so it, it kind of it doesn't make sense, yeah, so it really does well.
0: And then another anime, which I encourage everybody to watch, especially if you're looking. For something that'll make you smile and go, oh man, like <laughs> is Kotoro uh, Lives Alone. Um, and Kotoro oh, yeah. Lives Alone has this aesthetic where, you know, like normal anime character eyes, right? So some characters oh, have that. That is
2: weird eyes.
0: Yeah. So, so he has what would be for, you know, trying to describe this to somebody who's just listening, it's like a vertical slotted eye. It's kind of like a goat eye kind of lizard eye yeah lizard or goat eye like it just doesn't look right on a human but humans in the world have varieties of eyes like some like Kotoro has like a true vertical eye bar (laughs) like for his eyes and his eyes are really big and there's another character who kind of has like I would almost say like a tip of a a knife blade eye so it's kind of like Kotoro's, but it kind of tapers off at the bottom and then there's people with normal anime eyes so there's like this weird dynamic that not really clear why people have different eyes
3: Mm. but
0: at first i didn't like the aesthetic for his eyes because it was so weird and off-putting but as you go through the show there's so much uh expression Mm. that is done through his eyes and then you start to get why his eyes look like that and why they don't have like pupils and and then like you get to see like I, I it's like sometimes his eyes will have pupils, but it expresses a specific emotion at a specific time. And sometimes they'll have more than one pupil. It's a really strange <laughs> aesthetic, but it's one of the coolest ways to convey emotion I've seen in like a like a cartoon or anime in a long time. And it's so well done. And when you see it happen, you actually like kind of feel it. You kind of huh. feel it. It's uh it's hard to huh. describe if you've never seen the show or watched it, but it's it's one of my favorite artistic approaches from a visual standpoint.
1: So it's like a step up from doing like the hard eyes or the dollar signs.
0: In eyes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean it's it's definitely a step up and they use it in such a subtle and uh, very well done way. Like it really it really expresses emotion. In the, and I don't think there's another way they could have done it. and, and they did such a great job. It's really good. Yeah, I remember you
1: telling me about that show. I saw a picture of it too. Yeah, it was it's not quite cat eyes, but
2: yeah. Yes. It's, yeah. It's, it's very off-putting. It is. But I guess, I, guess I should watch it since you've been oh, you Oh, you <laughs> and
0: your wifey should watch it. I think y'all would love it, uh, Steve, for sure. For sure. Y'all oh, okay. are, y'all are anime fans, so you'll really appreciate a lot of which, what's happening you, you
1: made me think of something that I think is uh like one of the reasons why Cartoon Network got in trouble like not trouble but people were like cancelling Cartoon Network a couple years ago because those those decisions artistically for Kotoro lives alone sound super specific and then the more you watch the show it 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 really just reinforced why they made these on the surface odd decisions. But the alternative to that, I think, is similar to what we were talking about earlier. is like efficient ways of doing things. And so Cartoon mm-hmm. Network has been around because, you know, they do the hand-drawn animation. And they have, and, you know, they use Flash a little bit. But generally, their stuff is hand-drawn. But it was like, I think they call it the, the Cal Arts style. Yeah.
2: I was going to mention that, actually.
1: Yeah, where all the shows were, looked like they were in the same universe being drawn by the same people. And then they even boiled down to having like very similar like comedic timing and writing. And it was just like they were just recycling the same show over and over again. They had somebody who drew like a bean, because you know, that's like the bean head is mm-hmm. is like the aesthetic for like the kids. And then they just drew the facial features of of like the four main characters of the time. So it was um what's his name? Gumball was on there. And uh, not Curtis. What's what's the other one?
2: Curtis lives alone. <laughs>
1: but anyway, it was this huge thing because you know, of course, when we grew up, all the there was you you couldn't you couldn't get two shows mixed up if you tried, just because right. everything was so d- distinct. People were just fed up that they were recycling the same stuff. But kids, you know, have a very poor taste, and so it worked. It's yeah. all for money and efficiency.
2: So there's Steven Universe. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I would say Gumball is different enough because of everything else they do. Like Steve, uh, Gumball is wild. Yeah, art art wise. Um, but yeah, Steven Universe. Um, Clarence there's a new show, on,
1: that's the one.
2: Clarence. Okay, yeah. People people complain a lot about that. I was actually going to say that, or I was going to mention that because there's a new show that Netflix is pushing. Um. I think it's called like Deadbeat or something. I don't know, but it's it's that exact style. <sighs> and I'm immediately put off. I'm like, I don't want to watch this. <laughs> yeah. Not interested.
1: And the worst part about oh, it to me the is the the
2: new ThunderCats is also oh, like that, yeah. which is really really upsetting. I
1: think that was the straw that broke the camel's back.
2: Yeah.
0: Cuz man, yeah, you know, I guess I guess I never put I like noticed it but just kind of was like man i don't know what's happening here <laughs> like you know like i was old enough to like be removed from cartoon network but i did definitely notice that so that's interesting i didn't realize that there was actually a, like like people were really like yo this is not cool like this is so so let me ask you this do you feel like the going for the cheaper quote unquote cheaper more efficient art style impacted the shows like in a like negative way, other than it all being samey, you know, like are the like are the show still good? You know, I couldn't I, tell you. I didn't watch
2: them.
1: Yeah, I think I, I would say it negatively impacted adoption of a broader audience. And people who were going to watch that channel anyway probably weren't that you know disturbed because I guess in a way that's the content they were there for, but. You know, anyone who does, like, a variety, something new, wouldn't be intrigued by any of these quote-unquote new shows just because they are mm-hmm. so similar to what's already there. And it's it's kind of heartbreaking because, you know, the style, it, it became popular because people liked it, you know, and so for it to just get killed that way, it really sucks because it's, I mean, on the surface, like, it's it's a pleasing art style. Like, it's soft. It, it has... It fits the genres, I guess, of the cartoons they were making. So in context, you know, if if it was intentional, it made sense. But they were just, you know, showing just how simply they could apply that style to everything in the same way that people are just egregiously over utilizing photorealism because it's easy.
2: Yeah. I think that uh, for me, it implies that if the style is the same, then the storytelling and the humor and like the setting are going to be the same too, you know? So for me, it puts me off because I'm like, there's also, there's also, I think, a, uh, uh, an implication of like maybe a more, I don't know, just like a style of storytelling Maybe it's, like, for younger audiences. Something about it just seems like, oh, that's not really for me. Mm-hmm. I'm not interested.
0: Yeah, that's interesting because I think you're right because I've never thought about it. But, like, if you think about something like uh, Futurama and Simpsons, right? Like, they seem to have deliberately similar art styles. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, it kind of lets you know, oh, you're getting into this goofy world. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, yeah. it would be hard for me to, like, imagine using the Simpson art style in it being like a serious (laughs) drama (laughs) you know what i'm saying like um and i guess overall you don't get many of those but anyway anyway um
2: so yeah the difference is like that's like one guy and one one team of people who make those shows so that's why it's the same the Mm. same studio and and that's That's why it is you know futurama and the simpsons do tell do have the same or not the same but like aesthetic the same type of humor and Mm. the same aesthetic and uh dream not dreamland uh disenchantment disenchantment
0: oh uh, yeah As well. and and it's a calling card right like it lets you know exactly it's yeah. kind of like uh our boy um uh from japan who makes great animated movies and they're all all of them are good princess Mononoke. miyazaki um, uh, miyazaki
2: also uh the guy who did perfect blue and paprika um Satoshi Kon. He also has maybe not an art style, but an editing style that's very <laughs> like <laughs> very Miyazaki is him. probably
0: like the 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 one right when you think of like oh that's a Miyazaki film.
2: I think of Toriyama too. Toriyama's huge. Yeah. Oh, like Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That style. Yeah. Dragon Ball Z, but also he did a bunch of characters in like final final uh, Dragon Quest movies. Uh, Dragon uh, Quest, Dragon yeah. Quest games yeah. are also Toriyama art.
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I get a particular aesthetic from Toriyama per se, but I know it's by him. Like, I've played Dragon Quest a little bit, and I've watched quite a bit of Dragon Ball Z. I don't know if I would think to myself, from a like thematic standpoint, if they're similar. But I would just go, "Oh, like no. these are the same art style, right? Yeah, like, they're the same art style. That's yeah. what we're saying. There's that, a visu- visual." But that's what I'm saying. Difference between, like, The Simpsons and Futurama and Disenchantment. They kind of all have the same thematic feel, right? Like, kind of mm. irreverent, goofy. Okay, like sure. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, you could pretty much guess what kind of humor is going to be in any of those the shows. Hijinks. Right? Hi, you know? Um, a little bit of adult humor, you know? Um, but, like, Toriyama, I don't necessarily think to myself... Oh, like this visual aesthetic is going to lend to a certain type of, you know, maybe Maybe if we
2: were Japanese and we were more in the culture, we would know the differences. Mm. But to me, I'm just like, oh, Toriyama stuff is very Japanese. Yes, it's (laughs) it's just art. But like Miyazaki
0: to me, when I see his, I think whimsical, magical, like, you know, like Mm, it has a very like, it's going to be very, you're not going to it's otherworldly. Almost like yeah, it's this yeah. world, but like alternate, you know, because um, mm. pretty much all of his movies now I think about it
2: pretty much fall into that realm. Fantastic. Like you could imagine if he if he if he watched Mushishi and it was done in the style of Miyazaki's films, you wouldn't be surprised. Yes. And it, and yeah. it, but there would also be like a little bit more lightheartedness right like well, of you, course yeah right? they'd be like a child instead of a, instead
0: of a grown man but exactly <laughs> and that's the miyazaki thing you feel like there's a little bit of like hope and wonder Wimzy. wonder yeah right but like it, like be uh, mushishi
2: has a lot of wonder i don't know if it has much hope that's hopeless <laughs> it's not hopeless it's It's just real it's very chaotic neutral it's It's real the world is scary and sometimes you die oh but it's at least it's beautiful it just feels real it's just like oh yeah like you
0: yeah yeah you just happen to run into the wrong (laughs) (laughs) um so so this made me think like we've talked a lot about like video games and anime and like cartoons Mm -hmm. you know as far as like how their visual style affects what about movies like I've been sitting here for a moment trying to think about a movie that had an art style that really like I think one that I think Steve like a live say,
2: action movie or I guess any uh, of them
0: yeah I guess live action yeah it makes sense because Miyazaki is like not is not live action but yeah let's say non animated for a moment right sure um, mm, you know even TV show even TV show are there any that y'all can think of. I feel like one that's going to come from Steve Scott Pilgrim, um, that has like <laughs> a visual aesthetic that yeah. stood out to you. You know,
1: so I really like, I guess the, if you want to call it the the run of the not the run of the mill, but like the the really popular Bollywood films, I, like the way they use practical effects and hmm. the writing and just how everything's just over the top. Like I I appreciate if ever they use CG, that it's very rare. Because, I don't know, it's just, it's just a fun ride when you're just like, oh, they actually did that. You know? And it's... it's at, So, that's what comes to mind for me as far as... Because whenever, whenever I see a trailer for one of those movies, it's like, yeah, I'm gonna watch that.
2: Well, so. I've only ever seen, like, Singham and maybe one Sing other Hollywood movie.
0: They always are super epic seeming to me. And yeah, I've seen so quite good. a few, but like they're always super epic. <laughs> always. <laughs> like, and they, then that saturation of the like how they do some of the saturation is a little bit different than what you'd see in Hollywood, which would have more like more. I don't want to say muted, but like not like darker tones. Mm-hmm. Like it's very like it's very different. It's interesting.
1: And the fact that so many of them are musicals, or like they have songs that play. And it's not just like throwaways songs. like it's songs that you want to listen to outside of the movie. Characters are singing, which seems weird at first, like because I know it's very rare in, I you don't know, you want to call it American movies, but I, I understand why we don't do it because it'd be awkward, I guess. But I, but it, I think it's like it's it's a beautiful. It's almost like watching a stage play, the mm. way that they handle it, and then mixed in with all the action and stuff. It's like it's just a combination of. If you if if you just want to sit down for two and a half hours and be enticed by something, like any of these movies will scratch and itch if you just sit there long enough.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they're long movies, right? They are very, very
1: long movies. They don't cut anything yeah. out.
2: It's always the extended edition. Yeah, I mean, so here's the thing. If we're talking about live-action movies that were no longer talking about art styles. Now we're getting into more nuanced, detailed, you know, questions about about the movie. Like we're not we've I think up to this point we've been taking pretty broad strokes. Like, oh it's low poly or it's yeah pixelated or this or that. And so I, I I I know less. I feel like the the question of a movie's art style and the saturation and the the way that it's directed and stuff. It's all very well established, understood by movie buffs. And I'm probably not the one to talk to you about that. But I can I, can make, well, well the, the <laughs> I question, can make shallow comments. The question wasn't what art style in a
0: movie do you like? It was what movies, from a visual standpoint, stood out to you in a good or a bad way, right? Like, what, like, sure. did you go like, oh, man, like, when I think about this movie, like, I love the visuals, you know. Um, like one, one that yeah. one that stands out for me definitely is um, the the first uh, Doctor Strange. Mm.
2: Um, oh yeah, a lot of I, cool effects. I there. think
0: that's actually the reason I bought the movie is because to me it's such a visual, like like smorgasbord. There's so many cool patterns and colors, and oh, yeah, like, crazy. it's it's like I've seen the the second one. And I don't feel that they came as heavy from the visual standpoint, you know, you know, but like the first one really felt like they were trying to show you the magic, like, you know, and like, there's a lot of, uh, what's the fractals and Mm -hmm. all these like cool color it, it, it just, to me, like, I just remember being in the theater and being like, this is one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. <laughs> he was crying. Like, you know? And I immediately got the DVD once I had the opportunity. Weeping fractal tears. <laughs> He was telling the ushers, give me a copy of this movie right now. My my tears were falling in the Fibonacci sequence like
2: they were just... <laughs> <laughs> um, but There's you, a scene and Sorry, I'm not even going to finish that thought. Go on.
1: <laughs> oh, I mean, you started wait, it. Wait. Is it a spoiler? Why were you...
2: No, it's not a spoiler. It's just so far. It's such a whatever, I'll say it. So, I was in in Star Trek The Next Generation. One of the main characters is is an android. His name is Data. And there's a scene where he basically outs another character who we thought was human. And I was like, oh, she's an android. And they're like, how did you know she was an android? And it's like, because I was watching her blink and she was blinking according to like the Fibonacci sequence uh, or something. Oh, snap. <laughs> got caught <laughs> slipping. Like, got caught slipping. slipping. <laughs> it's like, like, she definitely doesn't need to blink. She just does it to you, appear. You here.
0: know, like the next the next programmer's like,
2: change. <laughs> like noting it. Yeah. Blinking from. <laughs> <laughs> Add one to the sequence. It's not enough. It's not fooled. Uh, yeah. Doctor Strange looked really good. What else did I like? I like stop-motion movies. Ooh, really? yeah. which Which ones? I guess we're talking about non-animated. Walls and Grom.
0: I mean, that's not an animated movie. That's like practical stop. effects,
2: it It's got so. motion animation. It still counts. It's technically animated, but you're right. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, so uh, Kubo and the Two Strings is one of my favorite uh, movies. Very good-looking, beautiful.
1: Oh, movie. yeah. I need yeah. to see that one. It does look very It's, good. it's gorgeous. Yeah.
2: Um, the Lego movies... Uh, at least the first one is incredible. It looks so good. Oh, so, yeah.
1: I'm not 100% sure. I've heard both sides. But I've been told that those were actually made in 3D software. And they didn't actually. Oh. Yes. Oh. Those are,
2: that's not, it's not stop motion. That's 3D animated. False. False. Uh, False. Movie. Motion. I mean, it, it, yeah, it's convincing,
1: yeah. though. Like, the textures are spot on. Yeah, exactly. So you question yeah, it, the whole movie.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's a gorgeous movie. Uh you, you mentioned Scott Scott Pilgrim. Obviously you're right, that's a fantastic one I would be into it. <laughs> the one I will add on top of Scott Pilgrim is the fountain. Ooh. Uh the mm-hmm. use of light and shadow, the use of perspective to like draw the three stories together, the use of like the way that you kind of move between the three stories based on scene transitions and things. Like it's just a fantastic movie.
0: I think one movie that stands out in most, and it's also like this is a gimme movie of like from a visual standpoint, is Sunshine. <laughs> <laughs>
3: right?
0: Yeah, I feel like I feel like that's kind of disrespectful because it's like like <laughs> we just put Sunshine in every category: best writing, best musical director, <laughs> best <laughs> best
2: sci-fi movie, <laughs> best use like, of uh, what what's. Uh, uh, what's the guy's name? Murphy. The oh, actor. that actor—the best use of <laughs>
0: Eddie Murphy <laughs> of Sandman, uh, whatever his character was in uh, in Batman. Um, uh, oh, Scarecrow. 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 I called him Sandman. Um, but I was gonna say the movie Three Hundred. Um, okay. Yeah, ooh, that's really good too. Like that was one of the coolest. Like how they use zoom, how they use yeah. like focus. Like that was Zack Snyder, right? um Mm -hmm. like that was one of the coolest like seeing yeah it's just i saw it on opening night with a group of friends in college and like we knew it was coming out we heard oh like it looks super cool man we were just our expectations of what they were gonna do was just like crazy like there's a scene where he throws a javelin at um a xerxes Uh and man the way they did that scene and, like, it was so cool. Like, just the, he, he's, he's loading up in it. He throws it. And it follows the spear through the crowd. And it comes across. And then Xerxes, like, sees it at the last moment. gets hit. And then it slow-moes on. Xerxes getting hit. Like, it was so crazy was how they composed those
2: shots. It was. Well, you can't bring up Zack Snyder and not talk about um,
0: Sucker Punch. Oh, Sucker Punch, man. I that's a movie that I don't know if I'll ever watch again. I was completely not ready for what it was about to be. I <laughs> yeah. would, I was. I heard I was, it, but I haven't seen it. <laughs> it's a uh, irreverent is the best
2: word to irreverent. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's irreverent. Oh. You wouldn't say it's irreverent. It's not funny at all. Maybe, maybe I'm thinking of wrong you... movie. Sucker punch. Sucker punch is the movie about the the young woman who. Uh, who fa- her father abuses her and sets her up to be oh, okay. Sorry, to, sorry. To sorry. live in a mental institution. I'm thinking of
0: another movie. Hold on, let me see if I can remember. Not *Sucker Punch*. Uh, what are you? Thinking? It might be by the same director. Um, give me a second. I'll think of it later. But continue. Alright, I'll keep
2: talking punch. about *Sucker Punch*. Yeah. So it's it's about this girl who's living in a mental asylum, but she's been unjustly put there by her abusive father or stepfather or somebody, um, and she's basically waiting to to be killed, like they're going to, not kill her, uh, to be lobotomized. Um, meanwhile, she kind of like enters, she has like a fantasy world where she's not in a, in a mental asylum. She's actually in a brothel and she's trapped there as a dancer and she's like learning how to, uh, to dance, to get away from her problems. And then when she's getting away from her problems, when she's dancing, um, let me back up a little, she has to, she has like a plan to escape. But the, and so the plan will be like, Oh, steal this lighter or find these keys or do this or that. But they frame all of the high tension moments as these like high fantasy battles. So her and the other girls will be like soldiers fighting their way through like world war two with zombies. Or uh, there's a scene where she's fighting a giant, like demon shogun uh, by herself. And like, it's all set to music and it's all very flashy and very stylized and very cool, um, and a lot of people don't like the movie for various reasons. Uh, you know, there's some questionable scenes in it, I would say. But in terms of style, it's fantastic. It's a really cool movie.
1: That's an interesting concept. So it's kind of yeah. like a, a cutaway thing. To uh,
2: she'll be like, you know, she'll be swaying to some music, and then she'll it'll like zoom into her face and zoom out again and she's like Somewhere she else. and her girls are in like a, a bunker ah. and the music's playing and all this stuff is happening and sometimes it'll cut to the real world where they're trying to get the keys or whatever um, and then maybe like uh, maybe a guard walks into the room that they didn't expect and so in the fantasy like some new some new problem appears and they have to fight this new problem mm. and so it's very it's like hyper violent in the fantasy world but in the real world it's not you know, it doesn't actually correspond to them, like, shooting people or anything like that. Huh. And then afterwards, they'll be like, wow, your dancing was incredible. Like, how, you know, we don't actually see her dancing. We just imagine that it was, like, mind-blowing, I guess. Interesting.
0: Yeah, I haven't seen, I have not seen Sucker Punch, but if Zack Snyder always, he'd be making things beautiful. So, okay, okay. This oh, is kind of off. random. So, I couldn't remember the name of the movie. But I was like, I can remember the actresses, like the faces of the actors and actresses. And eventually, I remembered that Nicolas Cage was in the movie, right? So I said, "Let me, oh, let me." It's the kid in the green outfit, Kickass, Kick Butt, yeah, um,
1: Kick Butt. I didn't want to, didn't want to <laughs> sorry, say it. That's, that's the that's, what, that's the
2: title of the movie. That's but what but I was, sorry guys.
1: That's what I was thinking of whenever you said Sucker Punch. Yeah, because yeah, it has like a similar. The word has a similar vibe.
0: Yeah, similar vibe. But but here's the thing. So I'm searching Nicolas Cage. And I have to take a moment. And we need to honor <laughs> Nick Cage. Because mm. this man has been in every movie. Oh, he's in every like, movie. <laughs> like, I, I, I searched Nicolas Cage movies. And once I did that, I said, wait a second.
3: Did your computer Cage
0: has been in, like, at least 300 movies. Man, this man has been in everything. He like does a movie every- a week. Spider-Man, Teen Titans, of course, uh, <laughs> Left Behind. Oh, Left Behind is one of the best visual
2: approaches I've ever seen. Oh, I forgot he was in Left Behind. He was in Knowing. Next. Knowing. Next. Next. Uh, uh, Lord of War. Lord of War, yep, yep. Didn't Con he just come Air, out with a movie? Off, Didn't he just come out with a movie The Unbearable where Weight he, of Massive Talent. Where he plays himself? Yeah, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. <laughs> oh, you were saying
1: the title of the movie, right? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's
0: he's in jujitsu which has nothing to do with jujitsu by the way. So anyway. <laughs> I've never heard. Um, of it. And uh he's in Oh. Uh, yeah. Did someone say Ghost Rider already?
3: No. Rider, was Forgot writer. about
0: that. Like not even all, not all his movies are on here. I'm looking at the page on Google and there's so many. But yes, Kick Butt was the movie I was thinking about. Wicker Man. Uh, Wicker Man <laughs> the OG where he punches <laughs> National a National Treasure a bear suit.
2: National Treasure National which Treasure a great how movies. could we forget Natural. his most i would say probably like his most palatable character <laughs> he
0: still is somewhat annoying like a jerk in that movie like there's scenes yeah, where but like, like, he's a know-it-all if you yes. if
2: you watched him in 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 uh, national treasure you wouldn't understand how much <laughs> of a crazy person he is in, like every other movie like con air. con air like his haircut everything about him in con air is like
0: oh my <laughs> gosh this guy
2: what's the movie where he becomes a vampire
0: what I don't, I don't know that one is that dying light
2: i don't know it's like an old what's one of his older movies um, dying of the light he was in wasn't he in uh pig yeah. wasn't that his pig and pig Man, I don't I know
0: he's in Rock, right? Rock the Rock, the Rock. What's the Rock? It's like this movie about this like uh um there's like this um vial of like poison or something and it's in a prison. Oh my goodness. It's it's a good movie. It's a very good movie. It has, like Sean Connery in it. Uh it's an older okay. movie. It's like in the 90s. I saw a long time ago. Wow. Is Rickman the one about the bees? Yes. yes. Bees, bees,
2: not the bees, not, not the, bees. the bees. Wickerman is also it's also about bed. it's also about how they got burned. Mm. Huh? How to get burned? How to get burned? How to get burned? <laughs> oh, gosh, <laughs> <Quotable>. <laughs> so many moments in that movie. Uh, yeah, he's in
0: so much stuff. But anyway, that was the movie I was thinking about. Kick butt.
2: Okay, um, no, I was talking about Sucker Punch. Very different. Yeah, yeah. that
0: that came to mind first when I, I heard of Sucker Punch.
2: I don't think I don't think that. Uh, generic superhero named uh movie with nick cage was uh was that visually appealing i mean it was it, she had purple hair no no i wasn't saying it was visually appealing I, that's just the oh movie. i know i know you weren't saying that but yeah. i'm just commenting like i feel like that's a pretty generic looking movie yeah
1: it didn't really do much a lot of it was implied
2: yeah yeah the fight scene was cool she was the the choreography was good but that's not what we're talking about.
0: So so I might be making an opinion that's not popular. But
1: you
2: remember
0: the movie Avatar, right? All
1: right. And uh, that's
2: our show today. <laughs> Which one? Avatar. The one we like or the one we don't like?
0: Avatar. Uh, the not, movie. Not The Last Airbender. Avatar. Um, yeah. The movie. Um, oh, with the blue people. Yes.
2: See, aren't you glad that I clarified? Kyle thought you meant Avatar. <laughs> yeah, I would say Avatar: The Last Airbender
0: because I want to be very specific <laughs> when I'm when I'm talking about it. Because now yeah, the Last Airbender playing out there. any games <laughs> we got a we got a new Avatar colon The Last Airbender. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but it was so interesting because this is also what kicked off the 3D glasses craze for a while, and you know, and it's such a great movie. Kids. It also, I think, started the three-hour-plus movie <laughs> being okay.
2: Um... So I don't think it kicked off the class, the 3D glasses. They were around for a long time. Absolutely, it reinvigorated. Them. Absolutely was, and the they beginning came of,
1: out with the cooler ones that didn't look like yes. they weren't the white ones with the red. Yes, in. I remember that. Yeah. It abs- used-
0: it absolutely set the Hollywood 3D
2: movie. That was the beginning of that era. Like because not know, man, he, I like Spy Kids. No, maybe I'm thinking. Maybe you know what? I'll say this. Maybe you're right but before that it was just kids movies and like cheap ones that were going for yeah, 3D. you know there's movies with the little was yeah, the red and the red and blue but like the yeah. new age of like the
0: the thick lens the polarized whatever they were I don't know I can't say that
2: They use sulky they it's a really cool technology actually they use circular polarization Yes uh, which is hard to describe but so, it's a thing So we're here he now describe started it. out because essentially
0: um, James Cameron paid for that to happen <laughs> like he like paid for the the cameras to be made and like he like the movie was had such all an, in. yeah like he James Cameron is crazy you know um <laughs> and basically everybody was like cool we're gonna borrow your cameras now James Cameron <laughs> um and you know and also the reels like you needed to have like double the length or double the size the reels and stuff so it was seemingly economically infeasible but he basically started. So anyway, um I say the reason I bring up Avatar um is because, to me, that's one of those movies that people talk about from a visual stunning mm-hmm. aspect. But most of that movie, to me, was like Uncanny Valley. I don't... I, I can't really... Really? Yeah, like, they did a great job. But, like, it always... Like, characters... There's a lot of characters in that movie that made me feel uncomfortable. <laughs> like... Like, I could tell, like, for example, when Sigourney Weaver gets into her uh,
2: avatar. Pod person.
0: Like, that made me feel really uncomfortable. Like, like, because Sigourney Weaver is such a high-bill actress that they couldn't, they weren't going to just, like, take away her major features to, like, make her look. They really wanted her to look like Sigourney Weaver. And I was like, no, thank you. You know, like, not that... Like, (laughs) it just didn't settle with me. And then, like, throughout the movie, like... You know, this is the beginning. Like, not the beginning. But, like, I understand it. 3D movies. Mixing it with, like, real (laughs) D. I guess, real life. And it was just a lot of, like, to me... I'm seeing the seams. Because I'm that kind of guy watching the movie. So, I just tried to not be a buzzkill. For most people. Because... I thought it was a great movie. It was interesting. I thought it was really cool the stuff they went through. The three D effects were really cool. But for me, it was a movie that I'm like, oh, like that was cool. But like people are like, this is the most beautiful movie I've ever seen in my life. And all I could think about was Sigourney Weaver's face. In that <laughs> like, like the nightmare fuel. Like nothing against Sigourney Weaver. It's just some. I kind of want to watch it again. I haven't seen it in a long time. Yeah, I, it
1: I... was a. It was a good movie. I, I I kind of I kind of share this sentiment, and I think it's just because I also have the sentiment that you know about photorealistic graphics in general. And so, yeah, when something CG on screen is next to a person, then I don't, it doesn't matter how real it looks; it's always going to feel a bit off. And so, I definitely felt that about the movie when everything in the scene was CG. Yeah, I'll agree and say everything looked immaculate. You know, it was it was a, it's a gorgeous movie, the lighting and stuff, the art direction, all the mm-hmm, greenery. Mm-hmm. But I feel like a lot of it was also hype. Just because a lot yes. of people wanted to like the movie, and it wasn't a bad movie. And yeah. it was like the biggest budget animated film, whatever you want to call it. It had a lot of a lot of impressive visuals, but I'll I'll agree that I've never truly understood why people regard it as the best looking movie. Because I feel like a lot of things looked just as good, but just had different, you know, um, material. They're different content. Like it wasn't in a, a dense forest all the time. Yeah. Like
2: I mean, I th- I think technically it was above and beyond every other animated movie at the time, and probably still above and beyond other movies now. I mean, like maybe yeah, maybe some things were still uncanny, but like think like he did he, they pushed, the uh, they pushed the envelope and face like you know animation. A lot of the facial animations are like incredible, and they, they basically invented new technology for that. Um, for the stereoscopic, they they push technology for the 3D. You know, recording. They did that. That wasn't something that had been done before the way they did it. Uh uh-huh. Yeah. And obviously, yeah, like you know, it's not perfect, but like at the time, it was insane. Yeah. I would have to rewatch it, but I remember being I remember being blown away. And I watched it in 3D and I was like, wow, this was a much better experience than other 3D movies I've seen. I think yeah. it had
1: definitely had that going for it too. Like the like again, yeah, the the fidelity they they did not miss, you know, mm-hmm. in in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But um I think a lot of it was more on that side of it, the technical side of it. Like it was yes. it was an impressive movie. 100%. But was it like noticeably just this holistically better viewing experience that deserved the accolades that it got i'm not sold on that all the yeah, in, all the innovations know. and stuff i 100% agree with you know the way that they've just transformed the industry by the stuff they did while making the movie is yeah, yeah that stuff's cool but the actual movie itself like the final product it, i don't know It's just not I'm not sold on it you know what's crazy
2: so recently i don't know if you guys saw but there's a new trailer for the new for avatar 2 mm-hmm. and people are complaining about the water they're like look at all the practical water they're using they can't even get the cgi for the water yeah bro all the water is cgi mm-hmm. <laughs> everything in the trailer is cgi and it looks so real that people are complaining that they didn't bother. That's, to why, CGI that's why you don't order. listen
0: to the internet to shut up. <laughs> right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's, the, like, uh, it's so cool. Corridor guys actually did a video about it. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think to me, and, and I think Cal is basically summarizing my feelings about it. Like, I absolutely, like to me, I absolutely saw, I remember from a particularly, from a video game, movie, culture, like media culture. What that movie transitions to, like, literally, it was like the transition into the new era of movies because length of movies, 3D, um, yeah, the length is insane. Technolo- how technology was embedded into media all changed because of James Cameron, right? <laughs> one and man, I think one man's crazy vision and a lot of money, you know, did something <laughs> that would have probably taken us another decade or even more to do. Yeah. He literally brought the new era but to me like I think being in the movie theater and seeing it I thought it was beautiful I thought it was great but I think it just to me it it just never and maybe I can't really remember if there was a lot of hype on it before I went and saw it but I just don't I just didn't walk away as moved as everybody around me and, and maybe it's just because I played a lot of video games. So I've been seeing the progression of 3D technology for a long time and seeing, like, a lot of stuff happening. So I kind of knew, like, so this wasn't to me, like, a huge leap, per se. It was just, like, mm-hmm. the natural progression, but, like, a little bit early. Like, for example, like, games looked really good at this time as well. And a lot of, like, movie technology uses what games did. <laughs> you know, like, they kind of take stuff from games. Because games kind of are always pushing the envelope. So anyway, I don't know. It's just one of those movies that I think is just... I don't know. I thought it was nice and I thought it was a good movie and interesting and looked nice. But I just personally wouldn't put it on my top visual
2: list. I
1: I think you Um, bring up a good point. I mean, I
2: wouldn't have either.
1: I think you bring up a good point. It might be what also is contributing to the stuff going on about the, the water in the new trailer. Is that, yeah, the exposure to the progression of these technologies and visuals getting better i think it kind of desensitizes us to when something is a little bit better because it doesn't feel like that much of a leap and so if someone who you know hasn't been playing games which i'm i'm, I'm assuming a lot of a lot of the moviegoers at that time obviously weren't in i guess the know as far as how much 3d had progressed. And so they were really impressed. While, yeah, someone who's playing, you know, games at that time, or even watching movies, I guess, that were close as far as visually, would have seen it as comparable, you know, to something they've experienced before, versus, oh, this is completely new. Because that's how it seemed like it was being treated. Like, no one had ever made a 3D face before that looked more convincing than the last one we saw it's like no this is what happens every time someone always pushes the envelope and improves or not always but there's always there's just typically somebody who comes afterwards that improves upon what we saw last time and so why is this so much more
0: you know impressive yeah Mm. yeah so so just to kind of i know we were talking about real life action movies and uh you know, I guess we are kind of close on the time. So I just want to be short on this one. But I want to throw this out there because I feel like I'm surprised none of us brought it up. Was, but Spider-Man into the
2: Spider-Verse? Into the Spider-Verse? Like talking about a visual. It's, that's just implied.
0: <laughs> it's just implied when you think of like this <laughs> yeah. visual they, greatness. They
2: made their own new style. It looks gorgeous. It was a feast. Nicolas Cage was, was in it. It was a feast it. for the eyes. Nicolas Cage was in that movie too. Oh my God, you're right. Yes, he was. A, um, he
0: was in that movie, yeah.
2: He was Spider Man Noir, and uh, yeah, it it wins everything. There's no point in bringing it up.
0: Uh, yeah. yeah, I guess you're you're, you're right. <laughs>
1: I think. I do want to take a moment to appreciate some very bad CGI.
2: Mm. Um, CGI or just like graphics?
1: Uh, both. So in a high budget film that. Was pushed as being this big thing, and it was all over the internet. So I'm just going to bring it up because I I want to give it the same amount of attention and respect that we gave Spider-Man for being on the good side of it. Henry Cavill's mustache and mouth, (laughs) just his lack of mustache, lack of mustache, (laughs) and how terribly they botched
0: that CGI.
2: They did in the last five
0: minutes. They were like, "Yo, we
2: got to get this done." It's because it's because they screwed that whole movie up. Yeah, the whole movie.
0: Was terrible. <laughs> but especially in Henry Cavill had to have a mustache for another movie they're like that. Right.
3: Like the reasoning and, and,
0: behind. And Henry Cavill was like, "Look, that movie's <laughs> yeah. more important than this. I'm not The mustache <laughs> alone.
2: Well, I think he was like con- contractually obligated to not shave his mustache. <laughs> yeah. Cuz he was in the middle of shooting, yeah. he shaves his mustache, it just ruins everything. Mm-hmm. Um that's funny that mustache by itself is enough reason to watch the snyder cut dude. (laughs) because it's not in the snyder cut let me tell you something let me tell you something my my
0: father-in-law was here uh recently when we went fishing and we were like oh let's watch a movie and he's like oh you know we need to watch a movie i haven't got to see yet uh let's watch the new batman or superman and it was maybe like around eight o'clock or something maybe seven thirty
2: Wait, did you say the new Batman v Superman? Yeah, like the new version of it. Uh, And he means so he meant Justice League, but he said
0: Batman v Superman. I'm I'm not quoting him exactly. I'm just talking about (laughs) what happened. Uh, That that just went. You you should have used your nerd voice. On, on no, that.
2: but I'm just I'm legitimately <laughs> curious. Did you watch Batman v Superman or did you watch Justice League? You
0: gotta let me finish the story. Justice League the <laughs> Batman v Superman I, too. I, I, Is it not actually, important context? Actually, actually, <laughs> actually
2: Do I not need to know what you watched? Okay. Just I, tell us. I didn't
0: finish the story. So so you wanted to watch a movie. Right. Wonder Woman. And it's like seven or eight o'clock, and like, oh like didn't there like there's a new Batman? Uh, Superman movie blah, blah, blah. I was like oh and, and I was like yeah and so he's going through the catalog um, on Prime or HBO I can't remember and it shows up like oh and I had the controller now so I was like oh yeah it's right here and I was like but are you sure because what I recall is that movie is over three hours long the, the Snyder Cut and, mm-hmm. and and we were like yeah and then we put it on there and it said four hours and two minutes <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and all of us in the room were like nope <laughs> I'm sorry. That's not happening. And that's your whole day. <laughs> that was everything. That was. That was. We we're done. Like that. Was, that was it. So we ended up watching something else. But uh, I just thought that was funny. Like we saw that four hours and two minutes, and we're like, nope, <laughs> absolutely not. Not happening. That's a uh, two parter. Part one. Yeah, part you got to
2: split that in half.
0: Yeah. So that, that's why. I was Although, saying, to its, yeah, hmm?
2: to its credit, I. Watched that with a friend, and we intended to split it in half. We were going to break for dinner, and we just never broke for dinner. We just ate dinner during the movie. Yeah. It, it just flew by. It was great. Yeah, because the next morning, we need to get up at
0: 5 a.m. Or oh, 4. Well, that's different. 4.30. Yeah. That's so that's why we were like, nope, not watching a four-hour movie. <laughs> um, so so that was why I was saying, what movie did you watch? I was like, yeah, let me finish, because <laughs> we didn't watch it. Um. But anyway... Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: so you just made me think of something when you mentioned the three and four hour movies. I forgot about it. But one of the other, I guess, revolutionary movies, I don't know if it was in 3D, but Peter Jackson's King Kong, like that was a oh, yeah. three hour
0: animated kind of movie. And, um, yeah, Peter Jackson's fault. He started doing that with Lord of the Rings and he brought mm-hmm. it over. <laughs> and, it just, and him Peter Jackson and uh, James Cameron James worked Cameron. together. To, to Couldn't make a eyes. short movie, I mean, but watching for-
1: watching that movie on modern like TVs and stuff, it's it's a wild ride because you know back when it first came out, it was like that was the cutting edge, and it still looks really good. But talk about seeing seams like one of you said before,
0: like you see all the scenes mm-hmm. now. <laughs> uh, yeah, we so we we, <laughs> I, there, I I okay, I'm gonna say this. Because I assume we're going to be wrapping up here soon. But I have to say, we need to do a Nicolas Cage special. Like, where we just talk about as many Nicolas Cage movies as we possibly can. And just break them down. Talk about Nicolas Cage. And realize that Nicolas Cage is actually his own movie universe. And it's the <laughs> same character in all movies. That we just have to, like... And
1: we I need, need a crossover
0: from the <laughs> verse and the Eddieverse. verse. fire just fire just they can't they can't come in the same universe or like our universe will explode it's
1: too much power (laughs) oh man cool well i guess we'll go ahead and land this graphical
0: plane
2: nice try i
1: I tried i couldn't think
2: graphical
0: (laughs) plane oh It it almost works. (laughs) We'll remove this visual artifact from memory? I
2: don't know. (laughs) Steve,
1: did you have one?
2: I wanna remove that joke from memory. Oh okay, okay.
1: Dang (laughs) You You can't say dang after your own burn.
2: I sure can. Audience of
1: one. (laughs) Yeah. But I wanna say thanks to the brothers for joining me today and talking about these things. Thank you, Steve.
2: You're welcome.
1: And thank you, Bradston.
2: Oh, absolutely.
0: My pleasure. everybody. My pleasure. And the
1: biggest thank you. You're welcome again. (laughs) To everybody who's listening or watching, uh, whatever we have playing in the background while you're listening to this. If you liked what you heard today, be sure to listen to our previous episodes Available on all your favorite platforms. We got Spotify, YouTube, uh, Apple Podcast, and now, as of uh, a couple of weeks ago, we're on Facebook. A, um, be sure to check us out. Give us a follow. Give us a like, like and, and share. Also on the other platforms too. If you think somebody would enjoy listening, leave comments throughout. You know, let us know what you think. We definitely love to hear what you guys are thinking as we talk about these things, and holler at us in. The Discord. All day, baby. Waiting for... wait, Looking forward to seeing you there. But, with all that being said, really appreciate you, Super Agile family. Wouldn't be nothing
2: without you all. Oh, have we have we announced what's happening with our schedule? Has that come up? Yeah, we did that huh? two weeks ago. <laughs> it feels like it was long. Well, in <laughs> case you forgot, uh, do you okay.
1: want to tell them real quick in case they forgot?
2: I just want to make sure. Yeah, well, in case you guys didn't hear... We're going to be moving away from a a weekly release schedule. We will be releasing every other week. Uh, And the reason for that is uh, because we say so. So uh, (laughs) look forward to that. Um, You know, don't be surprised or discerned. uh, uh, Not discerned. uh, Discouraged. Disillusioned. Discouraged. If uh, you miss a week and you're like, what happened to my super agile bros? We're still here. and And if you're a true fan, you probably already
0: noticed that we're on that.
2: That's, That's true. Yeah. And now
0: that you've noticed
1: this, you're a true fan. So everybody. Yeah. A
2: true fan. The reason is that it gives us time to get COVID on the weeks between mm. releases
0: and watch a Nicolas Cage movie.
2: Ooh. <laughs> this is just called Nicolas Cast.
0: What would it th- would be called? What did you call it before? The Cage Cast? What? I mean, Cage Cast. Ooh. <laughs> That's fire right there. I <laughs> like that.
2: Nicolas Cased. Mm. <laughs> Nick Nicholas
0: Cage Nick may I call
1: you Nick if you're listening our people will be in touch with your people oh that was terrible I apologize for the last few minutes that have transpired but with all that being said everybody we will catch you in the next episode have a great morning afternoon or evening wherever it is wherever you are in this beautiful world of ours. and we will catch you in the next episode peace